This is the Gear Patrol Podcast. In this episode, we're covering the rising cost of whiskey with Gear Patrol editor Will Price. Will just launched Chasing Whiskey, a monthly email update that'll be sent to Gear Patrol newsletter subscribers. Each send will include new bottles to look out for and whiskey recommendations from readers and industry experts and, of course, from Will. The first story he covers, and what we're talking about today, is why whiskey prices are hiking up and up. It's kind of bad news for lovers of brown spirits like me, and the trend isn't stopping anytime soon. The good news is Will knows what's up, and he puts it all into perspective. So buckle up for a barrel full of nerdery that might just leave you thirsty for more. Now, blame the bourbon, but Will and I both misspeak later in this episode. Chasing Whiskey is not a standalone newsletter. If you're signed up for the Gear Patrol Dispatch, you're lucky enough to receive it automatically. Also, so you know, there is some light, uncensored adult language toward the end of this episode. I'm Nick Caruso, and I'm glad you're here. Let's get started. The cost of whiskey is uh, meaning the, the bottles that consumers can pick up at their local bottle shops, uh, liquor stores are going up. And I think that sucks. Well, I think it sucks. I don't want to pay more for whiskey. It's also the focus of the first edition of Chasing Whiskey. Yeah, they somebody uh, convinced um, people more powerful than myself to just let me sort of spew the random thoughts I have into an email. I still have it in my mind that when I go get a bottle of bourbon from the liquor store, I'm going to pay 40 bucks. That's maybe just younger me thinking just, you know, with with less cash on hand. But bourbon and whiskey in general is going up in price. Mm -hmm. And you start off with an analogy to lawnmowers. Can you regale us with that? Because I, I really like it a lot. It really is a, a fine metaphor. I genuinely think the only thing that's talked about more in the whiskey community or whiskey world, whether that be like, you know, Reddit or Instagram or uh, other websites, um, the only thing talked about more than the price of whiskey is uh, like just drinking whiskey. And um, like everything else, it almost feels secondary to talking about value, which is sort of an interesting um, idea in itself. But I got the idea yeah. to write this piece when I was having a call a chat with my dad, who was sort of a um, a nascent uh, bourbon collector. He's always drank, you know, like Wild Turkey 101 when we were, when I was growing up, but he's, he's sure. now buying nicer and nicer stuff. And he asked me how much um, Blanton's bourbon cost. And I, <clears throat> I genuinely don't know how to answer that question because I don't know how much Blanton's bourbon costs. Like I know it's suggested retail price. Um, I know how much I could find it near me. I know how much, you know, uh, winesearcher.com says it is, but I have no idea what Blanton's cost for him um, or, right. you know, or, you know, it costs it, it, everything. It's different everywhere and all the time it changes. And um, he's, he's, so for reference, he's down South mm -hmm, and yeah. we're in New York and just like the same bottle would be, could be wildly different costs. Yeah. yeah I, when I, when I have visited him, when I, and, and gone to liquor stores near him, um, I have found products, uh, you know, at 50% the cost that I might find them in New York. And then I yeah. found products that are twice the cost that they are in New York. So it's, <laughs> it's not, it's not always the case of like the, Oh, like the big city prices or whatever. Right. It's, yeah, it's different, yeah, but yeah. to get to lawnmowers, to get to lawnmowers, sorry, I had get to, to it. provide that. Um, if you want a lawnmower, if you're going to buy a lawnmower or really anything, I'm using lawnmowers because I thought it was funny and I was thinking about lawnmowers when I wrote it. But if you want one, you you know you go um, 
you identify whatever the features you're looking for, whether you want a pushing lawnmower or riding lawnmower, and then you figure out the brand you want, then you figure out the, the product you want. And uh, that product probably has a website and that website probably is the price of the product. Um, and once you have the price, you can, you know, you can look at the price on that website. You can compare it to Lowe's and Home Depot and Ace Hardware and everywhere else that you can buy a lawnmower. Um, and, you know, or Amazon, whatever, and you can probably get a price match, you know, something, but you, you know, the price of the lawnmower, so you cannot get, uh, you can't get ripped off by anybody really, because you know what the manufacturer sells it for, right? Right. The problem is with bourbon, that's not the case, or with whiskey, uh, and that's just not the case, like in, in any, in any way, shape or form. Um, you know, there are, there are SRPs, MSRPs, like there are in, you know, about seemingly every retail category, but I... I know from I know from personal experience that very rarely do people know what they are, and even more mm-hmm. rare, they matter. To put it into further context, you say that good value has always been tied to American whiskeys like bourbon, mm-hmm. um, and that was the cause of what we call the bourbon boom, which is in the last what is it, like five ten years, bourbon has really just become the spirit. Like everyone is drinking bourbon now, as mm-hmm. opposed to whatever spirit from uh past decades you know as opposed to scotch which is still even more expensive so can you talk about why bourbon before we get into why it's expensive can you talk about why it wasn't and sort of explain the bourbon boom from that context that is like one of um i think that's like a i think it's like a fascinating discussion because if you talk to any um any folks older than say um I'll say 35, 40, it's hard to put an exact age on it, but people who have been drinking for longer than, you know, 10 or 15 years, um, they will have a dramatically different idea of what, um, you know, what a whiskey or what bourbon should cost versus somebody who's in their early thirties or late twenties or, you know, whatever, mid Mm twenties, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Um, and the, there's a, there's a, there's a number of reasons for it, but the general, the easiest thing you can track is bourbon and uh, American whiskey in general, was getting absolutely crushed um, in between like the 50s, 60s, and the 80s, uh, crushed by clear spirits, um, vodka, tequila, kind of more like uh, party spirits, you know, thing, things that were, there was sort of like the, if you're talking about like greater trends, things, you know, health, health-minded spirits, if that's, it's not really a thing we know now, but at the time, you know, it's, it's, it's less sugar, it's, you know, it's more like youthful and hip and young or whatever. Yeah, like vodka was a big one, like skinny vodka, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah, and and those 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 products doing so well drove whiskey to, and you can read you can read about this um, in a lot of really good books. That Veach guy I mentioned earlier has written a lot about this. Um, Fred Minnick, um, Google them; they'll they have great great stories about it. But like you know, you had whiskey distilleries who were who had been making excellent products for decades, in some cases, you know, more over a century, um, have to spin their product down to, you know, extremely low proofs. They started coming out with things called light whiskey, which is, you know, it just, it was like, you know, it was barely even, it was like barely even brown colored. I don't remember Um, that. Yeah. Just very, very, very different things to try to get their product to sell and keep up with these, these clear spirits. Um, and of course there are other factors, but this is, this is one of the key, the key things to think about when you think about why whiskey was so cheap for so long, because it had, the price was driven way down. And, um, we'll talk about this more and won't suck up all the time, but the, uh, the price coming up now, um, there are a lot of other factors that's tr- that have driven up perhaps more than yeah. people a- analysts would have expected. But the price going up now is not a huge shock to people in the industry. 
Okay, that's an interesting insight. Yeah, bourbon specifically, American whiskeys for decades, even prior to, you know, diet spirits or whatever, mm. were pretty cheap because people were making them, they were rum running, they were putting it in whatever jugs they could find and stuffing it into the, the wheel wells of their yeah. Model T and just going for it. So it's always been kind of like a an underdog kind of... Yeah, it and, and like the sort of that... And you see this in a lot of branding, and this is one of my favorite discussions that's kind of a, side, a tangent to this, but, you know, it's kind of it's kind of framed as like the blue collar spirit, but, um, mm-hmm. and it, and it was for a really long time, uh, mm-hmm. in some, in a lot of ways, as much as I dislike the term blue collar, um, it was, it was that it, it did fit that bill for a long time, but it, it's, you know, and, and it would kind of position itself against like the fancy Scotch drinker who like, sort of, you know, sits and smokes his cigar in his leather clad lounge or whatever. And it's like, Oh, if you're like a, you know, like the tough guy, American, it's almost like Marlboro, Marlboro man personality, you drink bourbon, and you know that 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 tracked with the price of scotch and bourbon at the time. Um, now yeah. it's safe to say the gap is it's closing dramatically fast. It's closing very fast. The you know speaking of the the prices going up, you seem am I reading this right that you relate that a lot not just to what you just the the points you just made about having to compete etc. and 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 becoming popular essentially sort of like spirits hipsters you know jumping on a train. It's also that. Um, or maybe in response to that trend, makers are also uh, producing higher quality spirits. They're more premium stuff, so they can charge more or it, it, it can be bought mm-hmm. for higher prices. Is that the right trend? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think uh, in like the... if. No, no one, no one who listens to this should ever read publicate like you know B two B publications about the whiskey industry because they're boring. They will bore you to tears. But it is yeah, interesting. You do that. You do that for them, right? Mm, and I will relay the information. You're our oracle. It, much, of, much of what has been discussed in the last you know five years plus has been premiumization, um, and uh, that premiumization essentially equals higher and higher end bottles. Um, that's, that's because there are more people drinking it and because there are more enthusiasts than ever. And because bourbon is such a huge draw for, you know, people who are like hobbyists would be the easiest way to put it. Um, they can sell these really, really nice products, um, in limited quantities or even, or even in mass quantity. And they know that people will buy them. And when, when people are more comfortable buying a product for, you know, we've mentioned two $90 bottles and a $50, $55 bottle at the top, when they're more comfortable with those, it can kind of mask or provide cover for um, rising prices on bottles that are, you know, kind of staples, right? The Evan mm-hmm. Williams, um, sure. uh, your, your wild turkeys, your, um, I mean. Those $40 bottles I was talking about. Exactly. Um, I mean, Booker's is a, is, a, is a great example of this. I love Booker's. I, I will always tell people they should, if you like bourbon, you need to try it at least once. Um, you know, just, just two years ago, maybe two and a half years ago, Booker's was $75, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and a couple of years before that, it was $65. And, mm-hmm. you know, in, in credit to credit to Jim Beam and Beam Sanatory, they've never, um, they've never shied away from the fact that they've increased the price. Uh, you know, it's been in, when they release press, when they send out a press release, it says the price, you know, they're not trying to uh, hide it like a lot of distillers do. Um, so I do give them credit for that, but, and you know, they have had supply shortages, which if you follow bookers, you know, that that's the reason why there was a sl- slight gap between the last batch and this batch. Um, but you know, it's just, it's just a, it's a fact that a lot of these whiskeys are moving up quickly 
and and though people do, you know, there's some moaning and groaning about it. They are they're still flying off shelves as fast as ever, right? That's it's not really an issue for the uh, the producer. Maybe this is a naive question, but why wouldn't if this is a problem, uh, not a problem, but if this is the trend, why wouldn't a, a whiskey manufacturer just make a pretty good lower priced booze and really push it? I mean, that seems like there's a, a vacuum in that marketplace. It's it's the, the that's a yeah. To answer that question, I think the easiest way is just to say that the the lower priced whiskeys that are that that sell. Um, I mentioned Evan Williams, uh, mm-hmm. Four Roses, Wild Turkey One Hundred One, uh, yep. Buffalo Trace, um, you know Jim Beam White, all the all the staple whiskeys. You know, think of them kind of like the flagship of these brands. They are the ones that are making money for the brands. Um, and they're because they have such huge brand recognition already, it's kind of hard to create a product that's up to those products quality levels um, at the scale that they're being produced. Because the, the scale and the quality mean that they can sell at the price they do and it's still a good value and they can continue to you know slowly creep that price up as they go. Right. Um, right. It, it's kind of... I'll be honest, it's it's not really feasible for anyone other than the huge macro distillers that already make these products to release a product of on equal setting at the same price, you know, approaching the same level of quality and consistency as those big, big, big bottles do already. Um, it, it, I could not see it. I just don't think the economics of whiskey production um, or the math work, you know, in the favor of anyone trying to dethrone them. So then, this trend—I mean, it, it affects everyone, right? All the bottles are going up in price, but um, it's more exaggerated for the more premium bottles then. It's, and yeah, that, that's, and it, I think it's, I think it's, it's worth remembering that it is more exaggerated for the more expensive bottles. And, you know, the people who don't buy those will say like, oh, whatever, like the people who are buying $80 bottles can, won't sweat buying a hundred dollar bottles. But those, the, the popularity of that expensive bottle, as I said, is allowing the lower price bottles to kind of creep up as well. Um, you know, it's it, and it's hard to track because SRPs are not published frequently or in public um, at all for a lot of these whiskeys. You you know, you have to reach out to them and almost plead with them to give you what their official SRP is uh, because they don't want to. You know, it's it's a bad look for them if a place is selling their their whiskey ten dollars more than what their SRP is, right? So yeah, there's right. a lot of other factors there, but it's it can be a tricky situation for the distillery. Moving through your piece, you get to some hard numbers. Um, you actually say, uh, this may be a slight paraphrase, but I think you say, all of this, all these reasons provide excellent cover for accelerating uh, growth in the rest of the American whiskey market, accelerating price growth in the rest of the market. And you cite some some stats. Between 2016 and 2020, average price of a bourbon bottle like Tennessee whiskey, rye, rye whiskey and bourbon rose three and a half bucks, about 9%. And that makes the current average like 44 bucks, I think mm-hmm. just over 44 bucks. That's going to keep going up. You think? Yeah. I don't, I don't think there's, there's no doubt in my mind. I mean, this is these numbers. This is the, the, the fastest that prices have risen. Um, since this kind of thing has been tracked, is my understanding, um, IWSR does a wonderful job of tracking these things much better than <laughs> that any any uh, you know any non-industry person could feasibly do. Um, 
you can, you can, there, there are some ways you can kind of look at this yourself. Uh, of course, this is, that's the average for every type of bottle in those categories. So that is thousands and right. thousands and thousands of SKUs. Um, right. You can, you can go on a website like winesearcher.com and look at a bottle that you really like and uh, look at its price history. And of course, that's not a perfect figure because it's sort of an average of retailers that subscribe or use Wine Searcher. But um, pretty much every bottle you look at will have a, will have a line that's trending pretty aggressively upward, especially in the last, you know, three to four years. Um, it will go up, you know, it's impo- I, I'm not someone who could tell you how much it's, how much it's going to continue going up, but, um, in, I did want to make one, one, t- one side point that isn't necessarily in this piece. I will, I will mm-hmm. say, and I, we, we, we touched on it earlier when we talked about how whiskey producers drove their prices way, way down in the, uh, uh, in the, in the, the clean spirits era, if you will. <laughs> um, yep. And and because and because so much of the branding was on you know this kind of like the workman spirit and all this kind of thing, um, you know whiskey, it, it was it was underpriced I think by definition for a long time American whiskey. Um, just think about for a second like buff, a bottle of Buffalo Trace like um, there okay. that whiskey is six to nine years old typically um, it varies batch to batch. Six to, a product that you have to you make one day and then you go you put it in a you know a, a barrel and you just go let it sit there for six to nine years before you can make any money on it mm-hmm. and then you sell it for they were selling it for like twenty five bucks just a few years ago you know and you can right. still find it for that price today that is insanity like what kind of yeah, if, kind of wild if you told someone that in a vacuum and that's not even talking about how much they have to pay the distributor they have you know then how much the, you know the markup at retail this kind of thing they're making they're that that is a, that price makes no sense, and the fact that yeah. they were making money on that at all beforehand is kind of shocking. So, I I, I should I only say that because and I, and I'm not a. It makes me sound like I'm shilling for these distillers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're a lobbyist. But it, it I mean it was truly insane to think that that was the price of these these products. You know, because there were vodkas that you know it takes like, you know a day or two to make a bottle right. of that, and it costs the same amount. It's just it was the math was insane for a while there. So in a way, maybe this is catching up with reality. You know, they're finally, because it's popular, they're able to just kind of charge what it's worth. And maybe uh, we're reaching a homeostasis in the in the marketplace. Yeah. And I, and I honestly think if, if in most bourbon drinkers, even the ones who may complain about their favorite whiskey that's become, you know, 5 or $10 more in the last few years, can probably admit that whatever price it was a few years ago was probably, you know, a little bit of BS because I... <laughs> I really think it's it, you'd be hard pressed to find, uh, you know, a scotch that was like, for example, Henry McKenna. Let's use that bottle for example. Won a won a, won okay. a, won a big award two years ago. Um, it was thirty five dollars previously. Is a ten year old spirit. Like try to it, you know it is so it is my it blows my mind that that product could be found for thirty five dollars for years and years and years before um, San Francisco World Spirits named it. Uh, I think they gave the best in show whiskey or something, and now everybody charges sixty or seventy bucks for it. Um, which is 60, 70 bucks for a product that again had to sit in a warehouse for 10 years before anyone could do anything with it is, uh, it's still like, it's not the worst value in the world, you know? Right. So yeah, that's, yeah. just think about it when you're thinking about how much prices have gone up. It's not, uh, it's not completely unfair in every instance. All right. Yeah. You go to your room and think about it. That's, <laughs> you sound like you're scolding people. Uh, no, but that, that's a great point. And then, you know, makes me wonder, you know, where the equilibrium actually is. Um, you also explain very briefly in this piece, which again is obviously just packed densely with information, uh, the, th- the three tier system, 
right? Yep. This is the the process, sort of like the life cycle of a say a bottle of bourbon. Can you can you describe that to us mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. sort of uh, give us an idea of why that's important? Yeah. So a distillery, um, they do not. The distilleries don't sell products to drinkers, um, at least in like the legal and in the operational sense. Distilleries, because of the three tier system, which I'm going without going into the sort of insane history of the three tier three tier system, distilleries may yeah another time. Distilleries only sell to um, distributors, and distributors only sell to uh, like the point of sale, so a bar or a liquor store. And the bar or liquor store are the only people who can, or the only establishment who can sell to us uh, whiskey drinkers. Um, of course, there are caveats like gift shops. And distilleries or whatever but generally this is this is the way of the world um it's a very it's a system that is unique to the spirits world um and it you know comes from sort of post prohibition and it's sort of uh, fraught with very you know at this point a hundred year old legislation yeah bureaucracy um, mm-hmm. and it makes yeah and it makes and it, it it's a it's a small part of this that makes pricing even more obscure or obscured, I should say. Um, because you have like, I, and I mentioned this a moment ago, you have uh, a distillery sets a price. Um, let's say, you know, this is a $25 SRP bottle. Um, mm-hmm. The distributor, you know, the distributor, they they get that, they or they, you know, they're sold the bottles, the, the bottles then go to the retailer. And you know, the retailer doesn't, um, the retailer can sell the bottle for whatever he wants. And because so many of these whiskeys, Buffalo Trace is a great example, can now sell for $10, $15, $20 over what their SRP is, mm-hmm. um, he can sell it for that. And that's, that is that is effectively the SRP in the in that area, right? Because Buffalo Trace does not publicly or does not publish their SRPs publicly. I could I could ask them and they might tell me, but you know, it's they they have a vested interest in some ways again to not confuse the consumer. Um, you can, very few of these distilleries have the prices of their bottles on their website for this reason because they don't want to be blamed. Rightfully so, I think this is pretty mm-hmm. fair. They don't want to be blamed for um, a liquor store being able to capitalize on you know uh, either scarcity or popularity. Right, which is kind of what I was going to say is that um, they don't tell you maybe to to cover their own ass, but also because it wouldn't matter that much. Yeah. You know, if, if something's super popular, it, this bourbon boom, thanks to all my neighbors here in North, <laughs> uh, North Brooklyn, the prices are going to be paid. They're, yeah. they're, people are going to get them regardless. And can I put, let me, let me put my like scolding father hat on again, or like yeah, my, my, my company man hat on again. So these, think about these distilleries and so they're raising the prices and everyone blames them, but um, you know, it's, it's the people buying uh, Buffalo Trace for fifteen dollars more than what it's what it's sold for. Uh, typically, that that caused this. I mean, if you're Buffalo Trace, and I I don't know why I'm picking on them. They're they're far, they're not the only distillery that um that does this. But if, if it, and you see people paying, you know, two x your product, what you establish as the SRP, and what you know, and which also means that you're you've undervalued your sale to your distributor. You're probably feeling like a little bit shitty, right? You're like, oh, like everybody, I'm not because they're not getting a slice of that, right? Like you may be buying their product, but you're not, they're yeah. not getting a slice of this this ramped up price. So, and you know, they see that and they're like, oh, well, shit, I can you know a few more bucks on the SRP isn't going to hurt anybody because they're going to still charge forty bucks for it, right? So, um, they kind of want to get in on the action. And again, I'm not. Buffalo Trace is just on top of mind, but uh, it's it's every one of these distilleries who are who are losing out for this reason and are thinking you know in this way. Uh, do, do we need to put a disclaimer in here that you are not getting a cut of every Buffalo <laughs> Trace markup? <laughs> I wish, man, my wish. Yeah, maybe we're in the wrong business. Mm. I don't know. Uh, 
you in this piece, one of my favorite lines is that you're you're not even really making a point with this sentence, but you uh, refer to quote skeezy guys in liquor stores asking proprietors about any special bottles in the back. Mm-hmm. Are you uh, are you telling on yourself there? Are you are you going and like elbowing your local <laughs> liquor store guy for stuff? You know, I I have always preached that if you want like really good rare more limited releases, the best way to do it is to be uh, buddies with your with your local liquor store who gets the stuff, you know? Like, that's the first mm-hmm. step. And, you know, the second step of being buddies with them is kind of giving them a little shit when, when they don't tell you what's in the back. So I may or may not, um, but you can make yourself look like an ass by doing it too often. I can tell you that much. <laughs> sure. I think people may be listening to this kind of, if they're not aware of this trend, then maybe their eyes are a little wide. Like, oh man, I've been paying a lot for, and I'm going to be paying a ton for something I really love. And I'm going to have to keep paying more and more, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to lead you a little bit. You kind of give advice at the end of this piece. You basically say, just do it. There's yeah. The thing is like a lot of the, a lot of the whiskey that uh, we've talked about, like the premium options and how they've climbed really quickly and how, and I, and I keep mentioning Buffalo Trace because Buffalo Trace is so immensely popular. Um, and because they're so immensely popular, you know, the price rises quickly with that. Um, mm-hmm. There are plenty of American whiskeys out there that are of still of absolute great value that, uh, you know, not a lot of people ever really talk about, um, whether that be, you know, the skeezy guy who's talking to the liquor store owner, or whether that be your buddy down the street, who's like part of like a local bourbon club or something. Um, a lot of the attention is paid to the big time brands with their big time bottles. Um, think, and you know, we're going to talk about one of the, one of the bottles. That's a great example of like underrated undervalued in a moment here, but yeah. Look look at brands like Old Granddad. Look at brands like uh Baker's uh Maker's Mark, the the non-standard bottles are amazing. Um pretty much everything Wild Turkey makes is still an absolutely wonderful value. Um, you know, don't my, my general advice is don't write off a brand because of uh one, you've never heard of it, and two, you know, maybe what you think about what you thought about it when you first got into bourbon was something negative. Um even Bullet has great whiskey. You know, Blender yeah. Select is one of the best things that, that have come out in the last couple of years. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I think a lot of reviewers would say the same, but nobody really seems to talk about it because it's bullet, you know, so. Okay. Well, you alluded to, I'm going to put a pin in that. I think we're done with that discussion for now. Right. Uh, young man, go to your room. Before, uh, I, get, yeah, before I get heated again. <laughs> <laughs> the, the newsletter will always end with a section called One Good bottle. And mm. that is, as uh, you may expect, listeners, just a primo recommendation from Will Price, the man, the myth, the legend. And um, tell me about this one, Will. It's called Jack Daniels Single oh. Barrel Barrel Proof, which is a the terrible name. name. Oh, the name just ruins <laughs> so much of this for me. I, every time I've said it, every time yeah. I've typed it out, and then it also, I'm just a small rat. I hate it. the obsession with like massive um, the acronymization, I'm going to use that of, of like whiskey fanhood. So like I saw right. someone on Reddit call this JD SBBS. Oh no. So Jack Daniels, single barrel, barrel strength. Like nope. what in the world? How are you supposed to know what anyways? Um, so what we're referring to, if, if people aren't picking up on this is that the word barrel is, is doubled in this name immediately <laughs> after itself. And 
when I read this newsletter, I read it several times before I realized that this wasn't a typo. I thought I was going to have to tell someone that you you messed up. I wish it were. No, it's. I mean, so the beer, the whiskey itself. So uh, I I think Jack Daniels, uh, you know, old old number seven is. Uh, I think it still is the number one whiskey in the world by sales. Someone, it's either one or two. You know, it's up there. It's sells Sinatra's favorite. Yes, yeah, it's, it's. And I've always found this completely baffling, which means it's kind of like shirked in like discussions of like you know what is good whiskey and people who are like you know kind of in the whiskey geek world yeah um i really think that's a mistake specifically because this distillery with the resources with their um i mean if, if you've ever been on a tour of jack daniels yeah they have like all the really old buildings and everything and it looks all like cool in history but the 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 genius of Jack Daniels is their consistency and their and the science behind the whiskey. This whiskey, which is uh, you know when it's bought, it's bottled anywhere between like one twenty five and one hundred thirty five proof or something. Yeah. Is if you like anything about Old Number Seven, you will absolutely adore this. It it is like that banana flavor. It is given like I think I wrote about this somewhere else, and I said it's it's like classic Jack classic Jack hit with the stuff they gave Captain America. It is insane. <laughs> It explodes out of the out of the glass. I, I, uh, the banana the banana note in the old number seven is turned up to like one million. It tastes like, um, you know, it tastes like banana cream pie to me. It's very hot because of the, because of the proof. So you know, I, it's better on ice. Uh-huh. Um, but this this is such a such an underrated bottle. I think. I mean, I think I think it's available for like this in like the sixty sixty five mark for a single barrel barrel proof. I have to put a, almost like a space between it for a single barrel barrel proof product. Um, that's a perfectly fair price. Uh, this is not something you would just like pound on a daily basis because the proof and you know it's, it's something a little more. I think it's a little more special. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is absolutely wicked, and I'm pretty sure you can find it almost everywhere, uh, like a serious liquor store. Um, okay, highly recommend. Great. And that's, it's not new, right? This is a, this has no, been around for no, a while. No, no. It's been around for a while. And again, <laughs> no one seems to care about it, but me, but I will continue to champion it. I, it's delicious. Well, uh, the millions and millions of listeners uh, who tune into the Gear Patrol mm. podcast will now love it and drive the price mm. uh, sky high. <laughs> be $85 by the time I come back to the liquor store for it. Exactly. Yeah, you did this to yourself. Will, we got we to gotta wrap it here. We've been going a long time, um, but I can't thank you enough. That's a lot of time. And you are, I mean this with full respect, you are an unabashed expert and you, you just lean into it. And it's always a pleasure to get the lowdown from you. So thanks for the download. Yeah, thanks, Nick. Let's uh, talk about whiskey and we can get mad about it anytime you want. Okay, great. I, I like that plan. Um, so listeners, if you're listening to this, I expect if you're still listening, that is, I expect that you probably want more information like this. Um, I'm going to drop a link to the newsletter sign up below for uh, Chasing Whiskey so you can get all of Will's hot takes and uh, recommendations in uh, your email inbox every month. Also, Will, you you mentioned that that uh, Gear Patrol readers uh, will offer some suggestions via this newsletter. How are they sharing those recommendations with you? Directly with me. Um, <laughs> my my email is at the bottom of the newsletter. Uh, it's W Price P R I C E at GearPatrol.com. You can email me subject line chasing whiskey and uh, throw me any recommendation you you want. Um, you know, give me a explanation please i had somebody email me just the name of a bottle and that was it and <laughs> a little more context would be nice you know i can fill in the gaps but i do need like kind of a 
a, you know, a frame to paint in. Yeah. But, uh, it's, this first one was me, but I hope the, you know, the next ones can be a mix of people who read the newsletter, people who uh, are experts in the industry. Um, you know, anyways, not just, not just me. I like to, I like to delegate as much as possible. Okay. Well, that's it for this episode. Will, thank you again for being here. You heard it here, folks. Uh, Chasing Whiskey is the the newsletter to subscribe to. Thanks for tuning in today. Uh, Everything we discussed today will be, uh, including that sign up for the newsletter, will be linked in the show notes below and, of course, on gearpatrol.com. Don't miss an episode of the podcast. Subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. And if you're willing to give us a podcast review, we'd really appreciate five stars because that just jogs the algorithm to help more folks find us and join in on the conversation and drive up the price of whiskey. And uh, that's why we're here. And leave us a note with your review too, maybe a whiskey recommendation or some constructive criticism and anything else you can email me at podcast at gearpatrol.com. I'm Nick Caruso and I'm glad you're here. Until next time, take care. Bye-bye.